Hello, friends, and welcome to the Altered Pod. My name is Daniel, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, Matt. Matty, baby, how are we doing today? I'm doing so well. I am I'm great. It's been a pretty interesting day. Uh, we just got done watching the Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers game, and for those of you who don't know, I'm a really big Bengals fan, and we lost earlier in the season. So this is one that I was really excited to watch, and even more excited to win. So uh, can't really can't really complain. And Matt, you have a pretty big game coming up later tonight. Yes, we're playing the Chiefs, and man, I am actually scared because Patrick Mahomes is is ridiculous, and so we don't have the best defense in the world. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We need this win. Now I think the Chiefs they're number one seed, right? In our in our division, yes, we're we're the yeah. second. Uh, they're ahead of us, I think, by two games. So we need to win this one and then win a bunch more. But yeah, it's I gotcha. Kind of tough. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I know last year going into uh, right for the playoffs, uh, a lot of wild things happened. So you know, any, anything's possible this year. And I think we're kind of finding that out year after year. Like the teams that have just been leading and just dominating professional football um it's just it's not that way anymore we got a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of young blood rising up and um i'm definitely here for it whether well, the it's my eagles are coming well. back oh boy like, Let me what? Tell you. where did these eagles come from like they, <clears throat> last year they did not at, they didn't make the playoffs last year like what's going yeah. on i know totally flip-flopping and i and they're still undefeated too aren't they Oh, uh, they lost to the commanders of all teams. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, rip. I had no idea. I thought Dude, You know what's funny too is on the way on the way back the commanders got in trouble because they celebrated by having booze and recording themselves on the flight back and they're not allowed to have booze in the locker rooms or in any of the transportation units. So they got in trouble Oof. with the NFL for how they celebrated, which is not the way to go. <laughs> That's rough. That's awful. Yeah, man. What what a way just to what a way to ruin the party, to ruin the fun. Um <laughs> I'm sure man. it didn't ruin it for them. They were doing so bad. But <laughs> they, they were Yes, man. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, and I have to say also, uh, I don't know if you have looked at Twitter recently, but uh, the infamous Donald Trump has been reinstated. <laughs> Wait, <has> he? Yes! <laughs> he is reinstated. Uh, but the jury's still oh. out on whether or not he's going to be using the platform. Um, he's made it very clear. So I didn't know this. Apparently Donald Trump, he has like his own social media um, platform that he like like funds himself through some sort of tech company that he started and he is not sure or he's he's he said he has no interest in coming back to twitter but let me just say this this guy within two days i'm looking at his page right now has 86.6 million followers that he oh has gained my. in two days so if he does not come back the twitter uh, he's the running Twitter for president. He riot. should. I know. I think. Chance. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's running his mouth. In my opinion, he's got to come back. And all I know is Twitter's about to get so much more interesting. Uh, I see Musk tweeting all the time about like the, um, the the Twitter viewership and the Twitter usage just going through the roof and stuff like that with with this stuff going on. So, like, yeah, like I, I just said saw, last I, episode, I opened up the uh, Twitter just now, and Kanye just got unbanned as well as of two hours ago. 
Oh boy. Well, I, I don't really know who's left that he could unban. I, I, I personally would love to see Alex Jones get unbanned. I don't know if you know who that is. <laughs> oh but gosh, like, dude, I don't know about that. <laughs> the, but dude, the content, listen, the content and the constant uh, just comedic relief that you would get. Oof, he got um, some big dookie though over the whole Sandy Hook stuff. Man, he did, and he's paying out the nose for it too. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I forget what the settlement was, but I mean, it, it was it was millions that he's having to pay out. Uh, yeah. Which you know, I don't know how you feel about that guy. I, I don't hate him. I think he definitely he he's he needs to pay something for for what happened and how things yes. in, ended up for sure. But the guy is like so funny, dude. He's got like, lots of memes. I will say, after what happened, it did lose a lot of brownie points on my end because you know it's really it's really bad <laughs> but um i get it no i get it i get it but no I, I get it he's got he's got some funny stuff i just i don't know he's not someone that i look up to as a icon for our country you know what i'm saying you know oh for sure <laughs> well and if, to be honest i only look up look up to president or president i only look up to donald trump as an icon or someone that i'm just really <laughs> proud to like follow i just um there's just some people that are entertaining to That's true to, to to watch and they're just some of those people speaking of social media this is a pretty good segue into mm. our conversation today um Matt, have you ever been offended before? Never. I am a perfect human being, and I have never once been offended in my entire life. <laughs> it's like such a generic question to ask. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing today? No, so um, one thing that I have realized recently, and especially we're getting ready to come up on like another uh, run for pre- president, like another presidential race in the United States. So we're getting ready to see a lot more, I want to say spike in people that are passionately debating two different sides and people disagreeing um, and people just not seeing eye to eye on things. And we went through it uh, back in 2015, leading up to the, the race between Trump and Hillary. And we kind of experienced that again in a whole other way because there was just so much going on in the year of uh, 2019, 2020. Um, so it's, it's bound to kind of get toxic again, if I must say, but Matt, I, I I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but I find myself sometimes given what's going on around me, a lot more easily agitated, a lot more easily offendable, if, if, if you will. Um, and I have to ask myself sometimes, is that something that pleases God. I and I know that's a really cliche thing to say. And and it probably sounds like your your parent coming down, you're like, well what would Jesus do? What would God <laughs> think about that, Matt? But uh maybe you can speak to that. Have you have you kind of noticed in your own life or even just witnessing things on social media, just how people are they're just so much more easily angered when it comes to things around them. Uh yes. Yeah. So I have found over the last few years, most of the circles that I've been in have been more of like, that's going to sound like I'm higher than thou. That's not what it's not what I'm trying to say. I, I have been around a lot of theological circles. So where we, there's a lot of debate around the Bible. And I've noticed that now with, you know, with new, I'm not going to be specific, but with new things that are becoming uh, cultural hot topics, uh, now that those are sliding their way into the theological world, it makes it a little bit 
more difficult because now people are are starting to be like, oh, well, well, Jesus was, when he talked here, he was clearly talking about, you know, transgender stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Whoa. Like, and it's, and I'm not, you know, this is not me making a stance on anything, but it's like people are bringing cultural hot topics to the Bible. And because of that, you have people uh, on both sides getting offended. You have one side that's firm and, and foundational, like this is what the Bible says and you're wrong. And the other side gets offended. And then you have these these people that are coming in that are new who are presenting new things and the people who are foundational are getting offended. It's like people, if you disagree with one tiny thing now, it feels like it just blows the world up almost, you know, like one tiny little thing is said and then everyone's offended. And it's like, man, we just, our, our skin is so much thinner than it was say five years ago, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's like, we are not comfortable enough or we're not sure. It's, I think it's a few things. I think that as as a society, as a culture, we were drawn to that that harsh disagreement because I think part of us is we feel morally superior. Now, Matt, I don't know about you, but I've been in some disagreements before, and I feel like I've had like the moral high ground, mm-hmm. and I had absolutely no issue giving them the business on how I felt and how I knew absolutely I was like, or that I knew that I was right. So having that moral high ground, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. Um, Here fairly recently, I've read this book though, and I want to tell you about this book. Okay. All right. It is called Unoffendable. All right, unoffendable. It's by this author, Brant Hansen. Now, Brant Hansen, he worked in radio, Christian radio for years, uh, if I remember correctly. And he wrote this book, uh, kind of given his take on offense uh, as, as, a, as a whole and kind of where we've been at as a society, as culture, and what can we do to be unoffendable. And I'll be honest with you, when I think of the term unoffendable, when I first read this book, I'm like, there is absolutely no way that I can read this book and be unoffendable. Because I'm thinking to myself, this guy has no idea, and I'm going to use this word, this guy has no idea the idiots that I have to deal yeah. with on a daily basis. I mean, they're they're here and they're there and they're so loud and they're so opinionated and you just, you have no idea what I, especially being in ministry, you have no idea, my guy. Um, but as I, as I read more, I mean, he really began to con, uh, convicted me, um, and I really had to do some soul searching. So I just want to take a few moments and kind of go over this topic because I feel like everybody, no matter where you're at in life, you have been in a place before where you're much more easily angered, easily agitated. If it's not happened, it's going to happen eventually, Okay. And it's not pleasing to God. And I want to start off with just a, a scripture I'm going to read. Uh, and it's found in the book of James, chapter 1. That's the only scripture uh, I have for it. But it starts off by saying in verse 19 of James 1, My dear brothers and sisters, and it's an NIV version, so, you know, Praise I don't know how people... <laughs> right. That's my favorite version. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm right there with you. <clears throat> it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to become angry. It's something we've we've heard before, right? It's a pretty good rule of thumb to have these type of traits when it comes to dealing with the lost, you know, dealing with people who are hurting and broken. Uh, that way you just, you know, that you are being like Jesus. You see a lot of accounts of Jesus that he was he was slow to speak when it comes to situations that were just very controversial, things that were just very radically charged for the time they lived in. But it says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Verse 20 says because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that I really want to do in life, um, I really want to make my dad proud. Now, for those of you who don't know, my dad passed away from cancer when I was 18 years old. But if there's one thing that my dad did really well, it's no matter what where I was at in life, no matter what I was in into in my life, my dad made it a, a point to let him know to, to let me know how proud he was of me. And there's something that that happens internally, um, even I'd say even on a spiritual level, knowing that your dad is proud of you, it just does something to you, and you just you want to above anything else, you want to work harder. And you, you, and you're just you're passionate about man. My dad really thinks I'm onto something here. My dad really thinks I'm doing something great here. And you just want to you want to make that consistent. I want my my dad to be proud of me consistently. And when I read that scripture, I think back to you know whenever my dad was alive, when he would just tell tell me how proud he was of me. I never want to miss the opportunity to make my heavenly father proud. How do you feel about that, Matt? Yeah, I mean that's as yeah, it's so good because you know one thing that that we don't have enough of. Um, now that you've said that, is we don't have enough people encouraging people anymore. We're always um, quick to point out people's problems, and, and we're so quick to jump on all the things that are wrong in someone because you know that's what gets the most likes. That's what gets the most attention, but. Stopping, like laying yourself down and, and showing someone that you're proud of them and that you care about them, um, for one, shows you how God really feels because that's all his word talks about is how valued and loved you are and accepted you are. Um, and and to, to know that is something that will change someone's life. And so I'm the same way. When, when, I've, when I hear that from people like my dad or, or my mom, it it really does something in me because it's like, you know, I for I mean, and maybe maybe you're like me, but I feel like sometimes if I'm doing a lot, that I kind of feel, and this is probably going to sound super selfish, but I feel like I'm kind of entitled to some kind of recognition that someone sees me, that someone sees what's going on, yeah, and um, to hear my parents do that, um, definitely it. it 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 really does show that that what I'm doing isn't going totally unnoticed. And even if it does, like the word of God is, it shows me that God still values me and that He still sees me and He still loves me. And that's something that I'm not good at doing. I am like like this verse. I am definitely not quick to listen or slow to speak. I'm all about like God. Why, why don't you see this? God, God, God. Right. And I'm sitting there going like spewing out my nonsense. And, you know, whenever I pause and just listen, then that's when I begin 
to hear the Lord say, like, hey, I never left you. Like, if you would just shut your mouth for two seconds, then you would know. Um, but yeah, no, that's been, that, that is showing someone encouragement and showing someone how loved and valued they are, I think is one of the most Christ-like things that we can do for someone. Yeah, absolutely. It makes such a difference, and, and we don't even know sometimes how big of a difference it can make. Um, and, you know, we, we go into, we're, we're in this, this, this walk with Jesus. And if you don't know, and you're listening to this podcast today, you are so loved and he values you so much. And I'm not here to just throw spiritual guilt at, you know, at people. That's not, that's not what I do. But if there, if there's one thing that I am always striving for and and as Christians we do we do this you know we want to be the best son that we can possibly be right or the best daughter that we can possibly be so when i read this verse um you know and and verse 20 you know the, why we should do what we do because human anger does not produce the righteousness that god desires the the life that that i live I want God to look at that and be like, you know, this, this, this is what I'm looking for in my son. This is what I'm looking for in, in my in my daughter. Um, and so when I when I read that, like I said, I just got I get these flashbacks back to when I was a kid and just knowing how proud he was of me. So if anything, if 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 anything, I just I want to I want to strive to do that because I love my dad. Um, but what do we do, Matt? What do we do when we are surrounded? by so many things that are controversial. And I, I am not going to pretend for a second, okay, that I don't have things that bothers me, that I don't have things that irritate me. If you live with me for a few days, you would find out pretty quick the things that I don't like and the things that drive me up the wall. So I don't want you to think for a second that, you know, I just, I don't have things that offend me because I do, I, I really do. But I have to ask myself, I have to ask myself the, the, the anger that I am showing in my life, the things I'm getting upset about, uh, and Matt, I'm gonna ask you these questions too, all right? all right? The anger that you experience, the things you get upset about, is it blessing and enhancing your relationship with God? Absolutely not. Is the anger you pro you produce, is it giving others or is it showing others or drawing others closer to God by them looking at your relationship with God? Uh, absolutely not. And, and I'm being honest. If your answer to these questions is yes, there is a serious problem. There is a serious problem. And I know sometimes in the moment, you know, like I said, we have this, this moral high ground. We feel very justified on certain issues. But let me just say this, all right? We, we, we feel very strongly about these issues because it's your issue. It is your issue. Matt, do you have issues that you're passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. Matt, those are your issues in a sea, in a world of hundreds of thousands of other issues that we're facing as Christians. We sometimes have this tendency, and I've been guilty of it, to focus on this one singular issue, and we're just angry about it. And by God, if we're Christians, we're going to take a stand and we're going to gather around this thing that we just, I'm going to be angry about. And then if 
you're a Christian and you're not angry about it like me, I'm going to be angry at you because you should be passionate and you should be just as angry as I am because we're standing up for righteousness and, and yeah. truth and we're going to get to the bottom of this and, and we're just going about it all wrong. Yeah, for me, I think it all, and listen, I don't want to pretend like I've got this all together. Like, I don't, I don't think Daniel's trying to say this either, but we, we all need to be better at being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because, the, in my opinion, the root of that goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Like in Genesis 3, the root cause of everything, and I, and I know people are thinking that I'm about to go towards sin. That's not where I'm even heading is insecurity, fear and insecurity. I be, you know, one thing that Augustine says is that sin is the beginning of all the problems that we have going on right now, the root of all of our evil that we're running into. I personally believe that it's fear and insecurity because I believe that fear and insecurity leads to something like sin. And I think that fear and insecurity leads to us being slow to listen and quick to speak and quick to become angry because we look at ourselves and we think that we're not valued. We think that we need to say something or do something so that God would be more appreciated uh, with us and, and who we are. When in reality, the only thing that we need to do is simply trust and have, like, it, we like to use the word faith. Another word for that is trust. Trust that God has everything under control and trust that God values us, He loves us, and He cares for us exactly as we are. And then laying ourselves down for others, showing other people that they also are loved, that they also are cared for, that they also are are valued. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like this this verse is is one of the most needed verses, in my opinion, in our culture now is is this passage in James, because it, we do the exact opposite in our culture is we are so slow to listen. We are so quick to speak uh, to speak and we are so quick to become angry. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's it speaks volumes, and I love what you said there. Um, it's I've noticed in my life, and I have been so guilty of it. Is we we tend to define our anger as righteous anger, and you know, Matt, I would say that there probably is some sort of you know, righteous anger that you can, you can feel or, or have a feeling of. And, and they talk about it in this book as well, where you just have a, a very strong um, urge to want to like defend and stand up for what the word of God says. And you just, you hate the things that break the heart of God. Like I get that. But one thing that I've noticed is as Christians, whenever we are angry about sin or the radical injustices that are happening in this world, whenever we're angry about sin, it's always someone else's sin. You know, yes, it's, it's never absolutely. our own sin. And if we're really honest, and I've had to be honest with myself, all right, and I, I, I am, I'm preaching to myself, I've been quick to, um, like, judge someone else's, like, sexual sin. Yeah. And then, like, ignore my gluttony. I'll be honest. No, you're and, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, if we're real honest with ourselves, it might be a self-righteous anger. And I feel like we're just, we have this facade and we're just calling it something that makes it sound good and we can justify it a little bit better. But it, it's it's self-righteous anger at the end of the day. And it just, it's not pleasing to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, what you just said is is 
huge because it when righteous anger, we get this really skewed view as to what righteous anger is. We think that righteous anger is attacking everything around us, and usually we're not even attacking the issue, we're attacking the person. Because we look at the person who's doing wrong, and we assume the problem is in the person, not right. in the evil. So like when, when we see somebody who's practicing radical injustice, we don't get mad at the injustice, we get mad at the person. And that is not at all what we're supposed to do. Like That's not righteous um, anger, that's unrighteous anger. That is just simply yeah. being angry, because all image bearers are valued and loved by God. Sure, they might be doing something wrong. Be mad at the thing they're doing wrong. But like you just said, if righteous anger doesn't include ourself, if we're not mad at our own in, un, uh, injustice, our own sin, then then it no longer becomes righteous anger because then you're just being angry. And if it doesn't include you, uh, I, I like that word you just used, self-righteous anger, because you no longer care about you getting better. You just want everybody else to get better while you're sitting there, like Jesus said, you're worried about the speck in your neighbor's eye when you have a log in your own eye. Yeah. And usually the people that you're attacking, and, and you know maybe this is just me, I feel like sometimes the people that we attack, I think our sin sometimes actually outweighs theirs if we really think oh, about it. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. And Absolutely. So, yeah. And so instead, and this is why we have millions of sermons every Sunday and podcasts and all that stuff talking about how you can get better and how you can get uh, stronger in your walk with God. And we're all focused on you, but we're not talking about us. And that that little shift is what we need to be less offended because then we start focusing on how can we as human beings get better in this area instead of how can you guys get better? Because, you know, me and you have joked about it. I'm not going to mention any names, but I've listened to a podcast for the last little while. And this person, the entire time they're teaching, they're essentially saying, you know, I've gotten this right, but you guys need to get it right. And right. It's, that is a major, major, major problem because now you're putting, it's the exact same problem that Eve had in the garden. She put herself in the seat of God saying, you know, this, this may be a problem, but you know, it's something I can take care of it. This is all about me. And I, I don't need God's, I don't need to trust in God that I have everything I need. I'm going to step in God's seat. I'm going to take things into my own hands and try to fix a problem out there instead of trying to uh, internalize the problem and actually become the problem so that that problem can be dealt with in you first and then in everybody else. But yeah, that, that, I'm going to use that word. I'm st totally stealing that for a sermon in the future. Isn't hey, it? you're free to. I'm <laughs> sure. I, 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 the funny thing is I've stole it from someone else. I just can't remember who it was. So hey, you're there free. We go. Yeah, you're free to do that. Absolutely. And uh, But yeah, and at the end of the day, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've grown up in the charismatic faith and I've listened to preachers stand at a pulpit and they flaunt, you know, like you said, you listen to that podcast, just, Hey, I've got it right. You yep. peasants figure it out, you know? <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay, bro. That's cool. But at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And, and people who do that, it truly reminds me of John chapter eight, when they find this adulterous woman, quote unquote, find I, I just, I really, I'll get to that in a second. But these people who, who find this adulterous woman, 
and they are quoting the law accurately of, of everything that uh, what should happen to her. She should be stoned to death because of what she was caught doing and yada, yada. They're just going on and on and on. And, and Jesus just levels the playing field and says, guys, you're the same as this woman. Yeah. You're the same as this person. And if you're without sin, go ahead and murder her. And they, they couldn't do it because when whenever you're accusing others, whenever you are using that <clears throat> self-righteous anger and you're just going after people, you condemn yourself. I mean, that's, that's legalism. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's very sadistic, very sadistic, but it's, it's, it's really easy. It's, it's really average to, to do that because when you feel like you have that moral high ground, uh, all, all bets are off. All bets are off. I've, I've been there plenty of times. Um, but I, I look at Jesus and I think to myself, you know, that that scripture holds a lot of weight. And I look at the life of Jesus and, and everything that I do in my life, I try to model and be like Jesus. That's, that's what we do as Christians. We, we want to be Christ-like. Um, and I have to think about just a few instances in the stories, and I'll stop beating this dead horse. But Matt, whenever Jesus came in contact with a woman at the well, um, what did he not do? All right. And you, you can play off this a little bit. Jesus did not go onto Facebook and start talking about this woman <laughs> he just met with five that had five, five lovers, right? He didn't do that. He, he, he didn't uh, go on. Uh, what's, what's that network called? Um, like TMZ, like guys breaking news. This woman is like literally destroying everything. It, this is insane. The tea is real. No, he, he offered her living water. I mean, you 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 look at Jesus and the disciples, and the disciples literally have no clue. I mean, they are so clueless. And I, the, the the story that I love is when the disciples are like arguing, like, oh my, who, who's Jesus's right hand man? Right? Who's like who, who's who's like who's the one? Who, who's the one that's going to be be there with Jesus? Be it aside, and they're they're literally they're they're arguing like little kids. And at some point, I mean, you have to wonder when is Jesus going to lose it on these idiots, my guy? I mean, they yeah. are nonstop. Uh, but Jesus never never lost it. I mean, we're we're talking about Peter, like inner circle Peter, like Jesus. I love you. I'm going to be there till the end. I've got you. I am your man. I've got you, Jesus. And what happened? Peter obviously lied. (laughs) Whenever Jesus needed him the most, he wasn't there. He denied Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus. And let me just say this. I mean, that's that's some serious offense. If that happened to me in my life, I mean, it'd be hard to get over. But what did Jesus not do? He didn't go on a Facebook rant, all people suck, right? Jesus simply loved Peter. He forgave him and he sent him out for another assignment. And I feel like as Christians it's it's easy to to miss how forgiving Jesus really was. Dude, and think about the very next encounter that Jesus has with Peter. He meets him on the beach and the first thing he asks Peter is do you love me? Yeah. Like the fact that he, and, and this, like you said, and so some people 
don't understand the whole rabbinic world. And, and, and I get it because we're, we talked about this last week, the whole Western and Eastern thing. Yeah. But in this Eastern world, whenever you leave your home and join a rabbi's Talmudim is what they're called. We call them disciples. They like your rabbi is closer to you personally than your parents are. And so to deny your rabbi, most people would agree that actually have studied this culture, that what Peter did was worse than what Judas did. Because Judas, I mean, that's a whole other story, but Judas, you know, essentially was trying to push Jesus's ministry along by giving him an opportunity to slay the Romans. But then you have someone like Peter who comes along and just totally denies his rabbi. It's like, I don't, I don't even know this guy. And on top of that, he even curses somebody else, which is a whole nother big thing. And so it's just, and Jesus shows up and he, instead of saying, Peter, I love you. He asked Peter, do you love me? Because I honestly think like, yeah, Peter is probably sitting there like, Oh my gosh, like what have I done? I yeah. I've denied my rabbi. And and what we based off of what we know, the disciples are still doing their thing, and Peter's on a beach, which he probably either separated himself or he removed himself from the disciples, and Jesus comes back to him and says, like, Peter, like, I'm still here. Do you love me? Do you still want to be a part of what's going on? And that, I'm telling you, it's, it is unbelievable how Jesus it didn't even show up to bring up what Peter did wrong. Not once right. did Jesus show up and say, man, why'd you deny me? He showed up and said, do you love me? And yes. He, you know what's awesome? Is that Peter denies Jesus three times. Do you know how many times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes. Three times. So yeah. he essentially, the way that I see it, it's so prophetic. But he it offsets is. everything that Peter just did with love. It goes right back to love. And oh, I just, I love it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I am not here trying to diminish the pain and the hurt and the offense that we go through. Cause there could be people who listen to this and you're, you've encountered some very serious offense Sure, yeah. and, and you've encountered some very serious hurts. And I, I don't want to diminish that or make light of that. Cause I, I, God knows that I have gone through that as well. But one thing that I do know, and I'll kind of end, end with this is that we, when we're hurt, you know, we're obviously very vulnerable. And I mentioned the story of John chapter 8, um, but it's so easy when we've been hurt to pick up a rock or stone and to carry that stone with you. And it, we might never use the stone. I want to make this very clear. Picking up the stone, we, we might not use it right away, but it's, it's there. And we, we feel like since this has happened, we have a right to carry the stone just in case. And let me just say this. If you're listening to this podcast, there is freedom in letting go of that stone. And I, I, I know it feels right. And I know it feels like you have the high ground and you're doing what you should be doing. But there's so much freedom in letting go of the stone and 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 allowing Jesus to truly, 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 right, take that hurt and take you and work on you. There's such freedom in letting go of that stone. Um, and I'll end with that, just because, and in, in, in a world that is so 
crazy and it's constantly changing. Um, and there's just, there's so many different voices, so many sides. I mean, we've gone through years of, uh, are you vax or no vax or, or mask or whoever, uh, kneels during the national anthem. Oh, that was a Lord. crazy, oh my goodness. <laughs> whoever kneels during the national anthem or, or, you know, the, uh, the, political party who's abusing their power or whatever we just we've gone through so much but as christians as christians the anger that comes from that if we're not careful the anger that comes from that it will just it won't produce the righteousness that god desires and for me i i and i'm preach i'm not preaching but i'm saying this because i know i've dealt with it um for me i just i cannot give the enemy if I can say that, the enemy, um, a, 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 a foot into what I'm trying to do in, in my spiritual walk. And, and I truly want to make sure that I am, I am like him always, as much as I can possibly be. And at, cause at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Matt, my opinion, it really doesn't matter. Right. At my opinion, really doesn't matter. I think back to when I was a baby Christian and, and the way that I would look at things and think about things. And my opinions have changed so much over the years. And I used to think that was a bad thing. I used to think, oh my gosh, like I am a, I'm a baby Christian or I'm an immature Christian because my ideas and my thoughts and my opinions on, on who Jesus is and, 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 and others is changing. But no, that, that's, that's spiritual maturity. Your opinions should be changing. And, and more, more than that, you'll start to realize that my opinions don't matter because, you know, people who love Jesus, we're not in love with our opinions. We're just in love with him. Yeah, and we're trying to figure things out. And, and that's the thing is I think even a little patience with people would go a long way. And, I, and you know, you mentioned social media, and I, I watched – we can link this in the show notes, but I watched a – a little short clip. It was about two or three minutes, if I remember correctly. Maybe it's a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe he the longer talk. But he talked about the idea of disagreement and how we are so quick to like comment under people's. We're so quick to bring all of our opinions to social media as if that's going to make a difference. Right. Let, let me free some people by saying this. Nobody cares. About your like, it's oh, gonna sound so mean. I'm so sorry. Mm. Oh, brother! But nobody cares that you disagree with them. Like when you go to someone's comment, you're not gonna change their mind by going to their post and commenting all these scriptures of why they're wrong. If someone posts a picture and says, you know, hey guys, I'm gay now, and you go to their post and you start commenting all this stuff, like here's what the Bible says about you being like, it, it's why not actually. St- separate ourselves from social media and actually sit down with people face to face and show them that you love them because you're not going to show love through a Facebook comment. Right. I don't care. Even if someone says, I say this with love, you don't say it with love. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. <laughs> if you really love that person, you would actually reach out to them and care for them. On top of that, you would walk with them through it instead of commenting on Facebook and expecting them to change to who you are. Yes. And I'll, I'll, while I'm on the, oh, I'm, I'm on a rant now. Um, <laughs> You know, you mentioned John 8, and we love, love, I've heard so many sermons of where we put ourselves in the shoes of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And we say, Jesus is bending down and and, and he's, you know, saving us from all of our accusers. If we're in America, and, and you've been, 
I'm really careful with how I say this. This is most of our listener base, I bet. We are most likely, most likely, 95% of us are the Pharisees in that story. Yeah. And in every time that Jesus is going against the Pharisees, don't think for a second. He he is defending the outsiders. He's defending the people that we oppress. Mm-hmm. And yet we put ourselves in the oppressed position. Like we're the ones that are getting oppressed. Nah, man. Like if you look at our culture, our church culture especially, we need this message of John 8. We need to hear what Jesus said to the Pharisees because, like you just said, we walk around with these stones and we are just ready. We are ready yeah. for someone to break the law because then we can be righteous and stone this person to death and rid the world of evil. And Jesus is like, that's that's not how we do things. Right. And, and so, yeah, it, sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant, but it's no. just... It's so Ugh. true. It's, it's so, so frustrating good. how we how we put ourselves on this, like you said, the moral high ground. We and it reminds every time I say high ground, I think of Star Wars. Dude, I literally um, my mind has been going there so much. Um, yeah, we uh, <laughs> we put ourselves in in the moral high spot, the high road, and uh, and we look down on people, saying you need to come to our level when there's a good chance that we actually need to go to their level, and that's right. what's going to bring about change. We're so. I heard it was an analogy that someone gave is we're, we're always trying to see somebody that's in a pit and say, Hey, like, come on out. Like you got to come out and you're sitting there yelling at the person in the pit. But the only way they're actually going to come out of their pit is if you jump into the pit and help them out. Right. And and that's, that is the problem is we're always talking from a high place down into a low place when Jesus, I mean, he shows it perfect in this story. He gets in the dirt with this woman. I believe that, like, a reason, a big reason why I believe he went in the dirt. I don't think she was standing up. I bet she was on her face, hiding her face. Yeah. And that Jesus went into the dirt, and I, we don't know what happened. We just know he was riding. There's so many different things that you can take from that part. I personally believe that Jesus looked at her eye to eye and said, "I love you, and I care for you, and you're accepted by me." Even. Yeah. I mean, listen. He said, "Where are your accusers?" And she said, "There's none. There's none left." And he's like, "Neither do I accuse you." Like. That's the gospel. Yes. Is that we're we're not accusing people. We're instead showing people love and we are forgiving sin the way that Jesus forgave sin. That is that's what we're supposed to be. And yet we're sitting here always ready to accuse. You you know what's like the Satan. You know where we get the word Satan from? It's the word Shatan. And you know what that word means? The accuser. Yep. Yep. And yet we are so quick to accuse. And I might, I might argue that if you are the one accusing, you are taking the very nature of Satan himself. You are taking Ooh. his name because you are becoming the accuser. You are Satan for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Sorry. I ran it, over. No, listen, that's so good. And it's just, it's so sneaky. It's so sneaky. It's just, it's so easy to gather around the things that we hate and to be passionate about the things that we hate when we literally, we have the good news, right? Yeah. Um, his, his, it's, that's why the gospel is so great. Um, Cause it's just, it puts us all on the same level, all on the same for all have fallen short, uh, but for the grace of God. And one thing that I've noticed is never has someone telling me, that I'm going to hell never has that stopped me from sinning. Yeah, it never. never has. It never has. Getting lectured about the consequences of my actions, it has never stopped me from sinning. Realizing that Jesus loves me 
and that amazing grace that he extends regardless of what I've done or where I'm at, that is what saved me from my trespasses. Um, so, it, you know, as Christians, we have to live in that reality that there is a force and his name is Jesus that is greater than all the radical injustices and the sin that we see on this planet. There's a force that's greater than that. What if we as Christians would gather around the thing that is greater and not focus on the lesser? You know, just, just a yes. thought, just a yes. thought. But I just, I, I think that, you know, we really want to see revival hit this land. I think that's the key. If we just make Jesus the, the big thing, we would see re- re- revival break out. Absolutely. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes. And all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like uh, I just, I'm leaving like a, like I just, leaving like a, like a high tier sermon, like high energy sermon. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm sweating right now. Yo. Uh, <laughs> By the way, these are the conversations, like I did, I did not know other than the topic. I didn't know what Daniel was talking about. These are the kind of conversations before we started this podcast, these were the kind of conversations that we would have and we would end it with like, man, we should start a podcast. Because <laughs> yeah, this right is a now. great example of it because we get we get fuming and we start going. And man, this was fun, man. I that was and I'm I'm so glad that you shared it. Because for me, it's a good reminder for me too, because like I you know, I, I especially anger. Anger for me is always the hardest. I I do love to speak and I I'm very uh, slow to listen, but the angry one is is by far my worst problem because you know if so, if something doesn't go my way if I'm inconvenienced, I'm yes. so quick to be like man like come on like and I, and I'm and I lash out on those around me those mm-hmm. I work with especially those I work with if I'm working on something and somebody comes in and and they're like hey can you do this for me and I have to stop <laughs> what I'm doing I I I have a snarky attitude sometimes yeah. and it's it's not great it's not Christ like and so honestly this this has been super fruitful so I thank you for sharing cuz it was that was really good for me that that's one of my favorite verses in the bible and I honestly haven't heard it in a long time and I I'm glad that you brought it up cuz it was a great reminder for me Yeah for sure no I'm I'm happy that we had had this discussion you know as always um well it's just like you said we had this discussion it's actually being recorded so uh yeah. what about that but listen man oh, thanks for being a part of the discussion if you're listening right now thank you for taking the time out i'm looking at uh the clock here and we are getting close to the 50 minute mark uh, but you've made it um you can find this book that i talked about unoffendable it will be in the notes for this episode so check out the show notes uh you can find our our social media handles in the show notes. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to to reach out. We're always passionate about engaging in good, constructive conversation that leads to um, a relationship that's even closer to, to Christ, because that's what it's all about. We just we want to make sure that all of us are seeing things differently and just and just moving right along as as we should be. So, Matt, you want to close anything or close out with any 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 final thoughts or words? Um, no, but I will plug something shameless plug time. So I, I just recently for, uh, my little personal ministry, I launched a website and the reason why I'm bringing it up, it's still fairly new at the time we're recording this, but there's, if you're a new believer, this would be, I believe super helpful for you. I had a section on this site called new believers hub and it has like an FAQ, like, you know, answering basic questions. Like what happens if I sin and 
I mess up? Am I still saved? If all sin is covered by Jesus, can I do whatever I want? Should I go to church? Should I get baptized? All that good stuff. Bible translation recommendations, all that stuff. is. I'm going to have the link below uh, for that. And then it has a place that you can, even a playlist, if you're looking for like worship music to listen to and to start you know, filling yourself with worship music, I have a playlist on there and everything that you can get from Spotify. So I love that, it. Uh, so I'll have that linked below, but I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, this is not trying to uplift me at all. I just I, w- I want to bring this because the whole purpose of this website is to give people resources to grow in their walk with Jesus. But anyways, I, that's that's everything I got. I feel like that was hey. Listen, I love it. Listen, uh, thanks so much for listening this week. We will be back soon with another pod, Altered Nation. We are <laughs> out. Yes, sir. Oh,